G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast of course. A little bit better this week, unfortunately we didn't get the win but uh, signs were improving with a few changes so let's talk all about it without any further ado shall we? Good evening everyone and welcome to round nine of the weekend wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Uh, As mentioned in the intro we uh, didn't get the chocolates this week but it was a little bit better and there's a bit to talk about uh, as well as obviously the results from around the ground and joining me so far in the hot seat is Nikki. How are you going Nick? (laughs) I'm going pretty good in in spite of the voice from yelling at umpires last night. (laughs) <laughs> yes, the umpiring was uh, original. <laughs> it was original. That's generous. It was it was a, a a unique interpretation of Australian rules football umpiring. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was oh deplorable. <laughs> I'm going to go with deplorable. Let's go with deplorable. That seems good enough, especially umpire number twenty two. He seemed to have a particular uh, issue with the rules uh, on Sunday, or the interpretation and application of the rules. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, he wasn't the only one. The uh, There's a couple of other matches where they decided to uh, give a hard or play a hard line with the dissent rules. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Based on Friday night, we should have given away about 650s, I reckon. But uh, nevertheless... Uh, obviously, uh, thank you and welcome to everyone who's joined us on Discord and also on YouTube. Um, don't forget, if you're on YouTube, um, and YouTube is running, is it? Yes, it is. If you are on YouTube and you want to get around the chat, you can either chat on YouTube or you can get in our Discord if you want to have something to say. Anyone else who happens to be listening on in the live stage tonight, uh, if you do feel like having a bit to say, Feel free to put your hand up and we'll be happy to have you on. Hopefully Nikki will be around um, all night and hopefully Maka will turn up in due course. (laughs) I'll try not to fall asleep. Just before we get started, it's going to be a challenge because Maka's, I rely on Maka heavily for the uh, weekend's results. (laughs) I've watched one other game apart from Az and I've been busy the rest of the weekend. There's something even more disappointing, Nikki, and this is why I'm kind of patting it out a little bit. I actually found his music. <laughs> I was going to surprise <laughs> and him. He's not, and, and he's, he's not, not here. here. No, I'm just, I'm just a sad, sad person because of that. But never mind. Look, without any further ado, why don't we just uh, do this, shall we? Oh, yeah. oh yes, I am a grumpy old man. That's what I am, and I really don't care who knows it. I'm so disappointed that he wasn't here. 
uh, for that one. Uh, it's been a while since we've <laughs> since we've played that one. It's been almost two years, I reckon. I reckon. Oh, and here he is! <laughs> oh my it's god! Devil. Yeah, I was I was reading and I forgot the bloody time. You were bloody reading. You were bloody reading, oh, Macca, and you missed this. You... Oh, yeah. oh yes, I am a scrubby old man. That's what I am. I found your intro, mate. I found your intro music and you weren't here to hear it. Okay, ready to go. <laughs> All right, thank God. All right, let's get into it, Mac. Uh, Friday yep. night. Friday night, uh, the doggies uh, pretty comfortably over the pies. The doggies 14, 15, 99. The pies 7, 9, 51. Margin of 48 points. Yeah, no, the bullies were far too good for Collingwood. Uh, they lost penalty before the game, saying uh, uh, they got jumped in the first quarter. They were 32 points down up a quarter time. And, uh, uh, yeah, the bullies, very dominant uh, midfield. Trelaw, they used him a lot more in the midfield than usual, and he had a ripper of a game. He did um, have a good game. And the other usual sus- uh, suspects, McRae, Dunkley and Smith, uh, they're all outstanding numbers and uh, sweet. Uh, he won the rucks very easily. Uh, one interesting thing was the uh, inclusion of its second game player, I think he was. Um, I hope I get his name right. Buka Karmas. Um, yeah. Sudanese lad who played. He uh, got three goals and he looked played very, very well. Top. Yeah, played very well. Um, one thing I like about Trudlaw is he, as a midfielder, he hits the scoreboard. Really like it. Um, he had a ripper of a game, I thought. Uh, he's underrated. Oh. He actually ripped the game apart, didn't he? Yeah, underrated in my opinion. Anyway, uh, next up we have uh, Richmond fighting out a entertaining uh, win in the end. 23 points, 17-15, over Hawthorne, 14-10-94. Yeah, um, they had... Uh... Richmond, they had the luxury of getting uh, Martin and Blossom back, and uh, both played very well. Um, and uh, it was a lot of contest in the first half, and they, and I think they uh, only led by a goal at half time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, after half time, well, that they managed to increase at three quarter time. Hawks gave a bit of a yelp in the last quarter. Uh, yeah, it but, came no, back a bit at the end. end but... Richmond's too good, and that's three. I think that's three in a row they won now. And uh, yes, uh, they probably will play finals fame, but they're not a premiership side. Um, Lynch got four, Martin got three, Rewalt got three. I mean, they took the forwards, they were too good, weren't they? Nan Kubitz won the rucks quite easily, too. I thought, I'll tell you what, mate, if like their best 22 is still good enough, I think they had 16 or 17 of their premiership team playing. Um, so uh, Prestia back, Martin obviously, uh, Lynch played really well. Um, and uh, Pressier, I think, is an underrated piece in their puzzle, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I reckon, look, fourth place is anyone's at the moment. I, I think Melbourne and Brisbane are a lock. Um, yep. Carlton, Carlton are looking good. Frio, obviously, looking good despite uh, today's result. Um, Terrible today. Yeah, um, we'll get to those, but... Uh, yeah, don't write Richmond off. And if they can get it, if they can get finals at the G Mackey, you know what that's like. We've been through that. 
We have, we have. One thing, uh, just a final comment on the game. Bolton, wouldn't you love to have him in your side? Oh, 100%. Smoking for the Brownlow. There you go. God, he just... He uh, he gets a swoops on that ball and just makes yeah. things happen because with his speed. Oh, yeah. just love it. Very very eye catching, and I reckon a smoky for the Brownlow this year. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the hell have I done there? Okay. Um, this one. All right. Uh, Port seventeen thirteen one one five easy winners over North Melbourne six ten forty six. Bit of a nothing game, really. Well, I think you described it in that <laughs> sentence. Uh, yeah, they, look, Port demolished North Melbourne, 69 points. Um, Mines, Rosie, they thought they were outstanding on the ball. You know, it's, it's interesting. Rosie's been wasted probably like, all last year uh, in a forward pocket. They finally put him on the ball this year, and uh, I know he had a bit of foot trouble last year, but he since they put him on the uh, on the ball, he's starring, and uh, he really makes you envious and wish we'd, we'd had a Got him in Wait, the end. They've got to play um, someone decent yet. They've got to play someone decent yet. True. True. Like, but still, Kenny said the, they can win five in a row, and I think they've got that's four of them they've got now. So, uh, yeah, who they got next Geelong, and Geelong will be a test. Kenny might, save, Kenny might save himself, and that's good because that means I'll never win a flag. Mm, doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, St Kilda, probably the best win of the round. Oh, them and Gold Coast probably. Um, 13, 12, 90, 10 point winners over Geelong, 11, 14, 80. Uh, really good um, performance by the Saints, workman like. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I would say it was probably the best game to watch of the whole round as well. It was, it was you know, excellent standard, very competitive game. Uh, it came with a high cost for St. Kilda. Was still, uh, he was tackled and his shoulder had driven into the ground and he ruptured his uh, AC joint and he's going yep. to have to have an operation and be out for two months. Um, to his credit, he actually stayed on. He went off and they banded him up and he came back and played the game out. But, uh, um, you know, he's a, he's a great leader. He's a great player and they're going to miss him. And also mm-hmm. Higgins got another concussion as well. Played. So um, uh, they are will be slightly weaker in the in the weeks to come. because they But, they you know, at full strength, they are... They look a very, very likely team. Um, Geelong, uh, they, you know, they, uh, well, they led early, but once St Kilda got that run on in the third quarter, they just couldn't stop it. And uh, they have, they set, their style of play, as you know, is like this chippy round business and then hopefully get into position then to attack. And uh, I like St Kilda's much more in preference tonight, and I must mention this. Paddy Ryder in the ruck. Oh, it was one of the nicest, best ruck uh, exhibitions I've seen for a long time. Uh, he made the uh, the midfielders look good with the way he was. He'd go up and he'd just palm it backwards, sideways, forward, and he also kicked three goals resting in the forward pocket. It was outstanding to watch, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Well, I think when you, um, when you see a quality ruckman at work, it reminds you of the value of a of a good ruckman rather than just a tall bloke. You know what I mean? I mean, Ryder yep. is a genuinely good or well, A grade tap ruckman, A grade tap ruckman, probably probably the best in the comp at the moment in that regard. And um, you know, he gave them first use so 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 often. 
Um, and when you when okay. when you're a midfielder and you know that your ruckman can put it in various places, uh, and you have confidence about that, that's a big bonus in the middle. You're not wrong. And the other thing too is that Brad Crouch. You know, I'd love to have him back the way he's playing footy now. Thing. <laughs> I mean, he is he is playing superb footy. Uh, yeah, his last month probably um, has been pretty good. Pretty good. Um, obviously got some miles in the legs and uh, thriving in the environment. Why, uh, why, couldn't, why couldn't we get his legs right, Mac? Yeah, you got to ask that question. Mm, you do. Anyway, uh, so, uh, Sydney, 14-21, 58-point belting of a very, 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 very disappointing Essendon, 6-11-47. Yeah, I didn't see it because I was watching the Crows at the time and I didn't bother to watch the replay either because no. it, it was not going to be worth watching. But uh, Sydney too good for a very ordinary team in Essendon who uh, I think they're sitting about 2-7 now and uh, they're going to be in, you know, their season's over and uh, they won't play finals. Wow. Uh, Swans, well, they would have looked good uh, playing against Essendon and it gets them back, I think, into the top four. But uh, they they did have two losses before this game, I think. And, uh, yeah, I'd say beating Essendon, well, that's uh, just standard, I would have thought. Not much else to say. No, well, the only thing I'll comment on is a stat that I saw this morning on one of the footy shows that uh, basically uh, Essendon had 30 tackles for the game. 30 tackles. That is a thorough disgrace. And, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, though. That does not surprise me. But I think they're a pretty soft side. Or well, they're they're not playing with any heart. They're not playing for Benny Rutten. Uh, does he does he make the season? I'm I'm not sure whether he does or not. Oh, they might pull the trigger. Well, I think. well, if they no, he he might make it to the end of the year. But if they keep on playing like this for the rest of the year, but like this for the rest of the year, he'd be hard pushed. I think to hold his spot. Well, I don't know, Mac. I've got a feeling that the Cameron resignation might just open the floodgates on a couple. Um, because there's a few coaches around, and uh, I think if you're Essendon and one or two others, uh, North Melbourne maybe, um, you wouldn't want to be starting behind the eight ball. I reckon it might actually. Uh, uh, I reckon Essendon might pull the trigger by the by if they keep playing. Yeah, like look, this. North Melbourne must get rid of Noble because he's been a fantastic administrator, but he's not a coach. Uh, not at AFL level. It doesn't appear that way, does it? Um, very good coach at uh, state level, um, but uh, yeah, not cutting the mustard at AFL level, albeit with a pretty shit list. Let's be honest. Oh, it's a shit list, but yeah, yeah. Enough uh, about them. Yeah, uh, the Suns a good win uh, over Frio, ten nine sixty nine four nine thirty three thirty six points in the end. Um, I always felt this was a game that Frio might drop. It's a long trip. Um, it was shitty weather. Um, they've been travelling well. Uh, sun's up and about a little bit. It was all... I actually tip Suns. It's one of the few tips I got right this week. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get too many right. Um, yeah, well, I watched a fair portion of this game, and uh, Frio must have left their own going home because... Uh, uh, First quarter was pretty even, but after that, Witch got totally on top in the ruck. Mm. And uh, Collins led a very, very tight defence. Uh, yep. Scholl was very da- uh, dangerous up forward. And um, Rankin, Rankin, uh, you know, he's, 
I thought he was dead and buried, but he emerged <laughs> from the from the grave and he came back and he played at the level that he was playing when everybody was raving about him. Had he a, had, had a, a blinder. Yeah. He had a blinder, yeah. He had 15 disposals, 11 score involvements. Uh, it looked, he he really did look like the player that got drafted back then, and it's, it's been a long time since I've seen him play like that since his first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they kept free of that. Frio actually goal in the second and third quarters. Play. Never got a goal in that time, and they ended up with four for the game. Not right. not a great effort by, for them, Bob. They'd be uh-huh. very unhappy. I just feel like it must be the shittiest trip for a Western Australian club, particularly in wet season up there, um, to go from relatively dry and sunny Western Australia all the way up to the bloody, up to Gold Coast where it's wet and slippery and... Ah, nah. It must be uh, another point, yeah, well, there was... And uh, the chat they mentioned at one point I'd had mismaking was the fact that it is his contract year, whether it be with them or with uh, somebody else. Um, he's Who's out of contract at the end of the year. Who's that? Sorry, uh, that's it. Uh, are you asking me who? Yeah, who are you talking about? Talking about Rankin. Rankin, he's out. Oh, of, right. He's out of contract at the end of the year, yeah, and whether I said whether that be with them or somebody else, I reckon he'll start turning it on for the rest of the year to get his value up. And uh, I've got to mention, Freo Erasmus, they took in the draft. He looked very, very good. He's probably yes. a, very close to be their best player. Yes, I like him a lot. Um, all right, uh, Carlton, a very strong win away against the Giants, 15-15-105, 30 points in the end to the Giants, 11-9-75. The Giants couldn't get it done for Leon Cameron. And I just felt like... Um, uh, it was a it was a game it was a danger game for Carlton all all pointing against them you know the last game of the coach and blah 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 playing away uh, in average conditions and I, I just felt like Carlton played really well. Well, as I said in our in our chat, Fine, uh, last week I said that they should get rid of him as coach and uh, they obviously uh, listened to Crowcast and they did so. Um, <laughs> But uh, very, very disappointing effort by uh, GWS. I think they let their coach down very, very badly. Very badly. Um, yeah. Bruce absolutely dominated the ruck. And, you know, you know, they've got this huge variety of midfielders. Who, Josh Kelly, yeah, he was outstanding. But the others, they they weren't worth a crumpet. And uh, um, Hewitt, Kennedy, uh, Walsh, uh, they, they they did really well at the stoppages. And... Uh, it was a heartless, soulless effort by the GWS team, and uh, it, you know, yeah, I, I, from, the, from the coach's point of view, he must feel bad just to walk away from them because uh, Cameron deserved better than that. I thought he deserved well, better, and uh, they gave him nothing. Is uh, I've come to a realization with GWS because I picked him again this week, and. I, you know, they towed us up because we had, you know, kids playing in the midfield and whatnot, and they brushed us aside and were able to play their style of, or the, the style of footy that they like. Um, but when they come up against a team that is similarly hardened and has strong midfield um, and they're not able to play the way they want to play, um, which is Larry running, you know, um, attractive football... Um, they're found wanting. They have too few uh, that are willing to go under those circumstances. And uh, it seems to me that maybe that's a product of having so many high draft picks. They don't actually have too many workhorses. 
No, no, very good point. They, they, certainly, um, there's quite a few of them that aren't accountable for their opponent at all and uh, run around like headless chooks. And uh, I, I was really disappointed with them today. Mm. Actually, also bitter too because it cost me my fantasy team. Ooh, yeah, I, no, wonder, no wonder you're fired up, mate. Uh, someone in oh, the chat asked me which red wine. Someone asked me which red wine I'm drinking, I think, in chat. It's a nice little Kuna where I sure has tonight. Nice choice. Nice choice. Yeah, you can't go wrong down there. Um, no, and then uh, the late game, 16-16 Melbourne, 5-8 Eagles, 74 points. Um, <laughs> I didn't even watch it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I started to watch watching. it for Ina, and it was very predictable. Uh, I watched it. I think I battled on for about one and a half quarters and then just How could gave you? up because well, you're just watching you the inevitable. You're watching the premiership side and the likely premiership side this uh, this year again against the side that I think they said that they only had 11 of their best players available. And whereas West, um, Melbourne, on the other hand, were only missing two players from their premiership side. So, uh, yeah, probably the greatest mismatch you've seen. And I, I think... You know, 70 points might be a fair margin, but I think West Coast did well to keep it to that with the side they had. Fair enough. All right. Um, as mentioned before, if anyone in the chat would like to, we've got a fair three, what's that, 369, 12, 15, 18, 23. Or I could have just read it there in the audience, 23. Uh, if any of you guys or girls want to have a chat, don't forget to stick your virtual hand up and we'll be happy to have you on. Let's have a look at the ladder. Um, Melbourne in front, 36 points. Brisbane clear second, 32. Then we've got Frio and Carlton on 28, making up the top four. Uh, Sydney and St Kilda on 24 points. Geelong and Richmond in the eight on 20 points. Uh, the Bulldogs slowly making their way up, as are Port Adelaide on 16. Collingwood faltering on 16. Gold Coast also on 16 points now. Uh, Hawthorne and Adelaide on 12 points. Hawthorne with a substantially better uh, um, percentage than us. The Giants on 8. Essendon on 8. You would imagine Essendon won't get too many more. Uh, North on 4 would be very, very pissed off with West Coast um, also on 4 and potentially stealing their number one draft pick this year. Yeah. I I think that's a certainty. Yeah, so uh, some interesting games next week. Um, God, Melbourne have got another cheapie, North Melbourne. Um, the Sydney Carlton game will be an interesting one, I think. Um, also, Geelong Port will be an interesting one. Um, and just given the way they're going at the moment, um, the uh, Giants West Coast game, if West Coast get a couple back. With the with the, whoever the new with with the standing coach Mark McVeigh, that'd be an interesting one as well. <laughs> oh look, I, I really would have to say though, Fiendo, with a different coach, uh, that team would have lined up differently. You you can't start off with um, Canelio in a forward pocket and you've got uh, uh, Whitfield in a half forward flank. That's that's layer writing, and they've got. A half-back flanker uh, playing Ash and playing in the midfield instead. And, uh, and uh, no, for me, I just think that uh, there has been some bad coaching and bad usage of the players, and uh, and I think that 
uh, the assistant coach will move them around a little bit differently than how they were placed today. Maybe. We shall see. All right, well, on to the main event, and uh, it was uh, Adelaide uh, 9-12-66 getting done in the end fairly comprehensively by Brisbane. 40 points, uh, 16 goals, 6-1-0-2. A game of... um, Segments, I reckon, Mac um, and uh, the and Nikki. I've forgotten you're there, Nikki. You're so quiet. Um, but uh, yeah, in the end, the line's just too strong. You there, Nikki? I am. All right, <laughs> your turn. <laughs> well, the first half was bloody good. <laughs> um, second half, not so good. Um, it was. I mean, particularly that second quarter was you can see we rejig things up a, a little bit and figured out how to stop them using that fast ball movement out of um, stoppage and actually turning it more into um, a bit of a scrap, a bit of rugby uh, in terms of just pushing the ball around. And then we actually were getting on top in terms of those clearances. I really liked our setup of our defense. Um, Dawson back on a wing in the first half. And I think that really showed with a, a whole lot of our movement that was um, going through. I hated our setup in defense. I'll talk about that in a moment. Mac, what do you reckon? Um, look, I think if before the game, if you said that we were going to lose by six goals, you'd probably say that was fair enough. But once you actually saw the game played, you know that that is not fair enough because uh, we had the impetus going in the first half, particularly in the second quarter, and there was one vital decision there where Dawson went. He tackled, the guy dropped the bloody ball. It's a holding the ball every day of the week. The, the blonde-haired umpire, who did not seem to like us very much, uh, he, but be careful what I say, uh, he paid it the other way around us for hanging on, and we had already moved the ball on because we thought it was naturally our free. And then he played a 15-metre and they got a goal, which then led, led to another goal and just before half-time. And all of a sudden, whereas our dominance in the second quarter had just been wiped out by one umpire. Disagree. Disagree 100%. I'm talking about our just... No, I'm not saying the total effect on the game. I'm saying in that first half. Disagree. If, if gone, I heard what you said. Well, Head I think if we'd gone in with a bit, what, a bit what, of a lead, we may have had we may have our tails up a bit more. But, what um, about what happened okay. about a minute beforehand, Macca? You talk about what the out-of-bounds ball, out ball? I'm talking about the missed pass by Benny Keys that was turned over and resulted in a goal. I'm sorry, but that was the momentum shift. The umpiring decision was shocking, I agree, but the Ben Keys kick across the ground in the back line that should have been a straight up on the chest 25 metre pass and he missed it and he got turned over and that was a momentum shift Oh you're getting very good support in the chat so I bow to your superior knowledge Uh, um, you're probably right Um, I was just so furious about that one decision Oh it's a horrible decision I'm not... no argument with me there. And I, I heard someone say somewhere, it could have been on Twitter or somewhere, the umpire apparently on the mic said, I was going to pay it holding the ball, but the tackle lasted too long. 
Now, my understanding is uh, that you pay the first free, don't you? You do. And you that, do. And that's the end of the story. So terrible decision, 100%, didn't help us at all. Um, but I will maintain that it was, and Ben Keyes had an absolute shocker in terms of his disposal. His work rate uh, in the second half dropped off a little bit too. Um, but that was a kick that should have hit, I think it was Chase Jones that he should have laced out. Uh, missed it, put Jones under pressure, uh, turned it over, goal, and that was a start. And I can tell you, um, and I can show you in the graphs later, that from the um, about the 14-minute mark of the second quarter until about yep. halfway through the third quarter, we had 50% of our clangers for the game. Um, and that coincided with Brisbane putting it beyond doubt on the scoreboard. Um, they ramped up their pressure, and we couldn't go with it. We started turning the ball over, burning it, um, and kicking hurriedly. And uh, that that period of the game, statistically, it's very obvious when you look at it. Um, that's where we lost the game, right there. Yeah, and look, I, I totally agree with that part. I, I mean, that's where I was going to after that. Um, yep. You've gone just a little bit uh, before me uh, on that, but there's no doubt that we 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 really went to water with our disposal. It was it was shocking, and uh, yeah, I couldn't even get Ben Keys in my best five because of his disposal. Uh, not, he did some not real this bad, yeah, real not bad. This Nobody knocked him for effort. His effort still was as good, but uh, mm. no, nah, kicking was horrible. You, you can't do that against the good sides. No, you can't. Now, we've got a couple of people in chat looking to have a uh, chat, so before we get into the stats, we might actually invite them on, eh? Uh, we got Mick. Come on in, Mick. How you going, mate? You got me. Yeah, good, thanks. Good day, Mick. Good to, good to see you again, mate. Yeah, I'll just... Uh, that's the, I've, I've come away from watching games disappointed. I've never come away from a game angry until yesterday. And there wasn't so much anger at our players. There was anger at some of the decisions of the umpires was just way beyond bad. They were disgusting. And I was sitting alongside my my um, son-in-law was a Brisbane supporter, and I was sitting there watching with him. And even he was screaming at the umpires like, come on, what was that one for? <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I count. I counted four goals that were actually given to Brisbane, and at least one. There was a run down tackle that should have been holding the ball about twenty metres out from our our goals that wasn't paid. So in my mind, that was like five goals that was either given away or not um, not given. You know, non decisions and. Um, yeah, I know they dropped their bundle in the you know, late second quarter, uh, early third. But if you had everything going against you, like it must be deflating. It must be deflating to know that no matter what, you're not going to get the proper fair decision. Yeah, look, you are. You're right, Mick. There were some terrible, terrible decisions or non-decisions. I mean, there was the jumper tag on uh, McCann, which you could see his jumper pulled oh, back like yeah. a great big bowstring. Yeah, um, they and, get paid every day and, of the week, and, and we're paid everywhere else on the ground, not to, but not to us. I mean, that was that was absolutely shocking. 
the uh, 50 metre penalty for not standing on the mark. Well, both of the players were running away. They, you know, they, neither of them had ever stood the mark. I mean, that was yeah. just ridiculous. And, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, Mick, because I've watched nearly every game in this round and our game was more personal because it was our team. But I have watched the shittiest round of football I've ever seen with 50-metre pieces yeah. because somebody's burped in the direction of the umpire or that somebody's run one millimetre inside the zone or some other stupid thing. And yeah. I kept thinking, this is no longer a game of football controlled by the teams. It's, there are these guys that are mic'd up. Their volume's been turned up to sky high. They're like poncing fairies. And they just, I've just had absolutely a gut full of the decisions that they make. And... Yeah. It's not proper football as we know it. It just really is not. Yeah, you know, I was going to point out it wasn't just our game because, no, like, I've, I've watched four other games this weekend and um, listened to most of the other ones. And, like, I have every single game at least three or four times you've heard the, heard the commentators say well, either that was a bad call was right in front of me and wasn't paid or why the hell was that paid? Like, even the even the commentators are getting you can hear they're getting frustrated trying to it's, call the shit it's the first like, time i've i reckon in a long time and it's maybe coincidental that we didn't have Dwayne and kelly unwood but it's the first time in a long time that I've, I've heard a commentary team in one of our games basically openly question the umpires continually mouse speed who's a really good um commentator uh he was you could see he was verbally shaking his head a few times Oh, you could hear he was verbally yeah. shaking his head a few I, times. I'll be disappointed with our club if we don't you have like can, a file, like a video going on Monday or Tuesday going, can you please explain these decisions? And not just our club. I think it has to be every club. Got to get together and say, what, what do you, you know, can you please explain all these decisions? And it's not just us, like, you know, Brisbane's copped the rough end of the stick before. Um, you know, they've all they've all copped the rough end of the stick, and it's just yeah, they say uh, we have a, a a shortage of umpires, and yes, they, there is a shortage of umpires. That doesn't excuse bad bad performances. No, and that's what, what this is. This what is I really bad hate, performance. What I really hate, Nick, is the fact that. Uh, this, this dissent rule. I think you should allow to have to have dissent. Abuse? No, you should not be allowed to abuse the umpire. Uh, yeah, agree. And that should be a fifty meter. But dissent. When you these guys aren't bloody robots. They are passionate players going a hundred percent, competing like bloody gladiators, and they get a free which they disagree with. What are you going to do? Stand there like an absolute stick, or are you going to go throw your arms up and turn around? It's just a you know, I played the game, and you just can't do it. You can't stop yourself. We're getting it's, off it's... We're getting off the negatives. Um, I'd like to get on a couple of positives, and that I did see. I That's think what I like about you, me, and and I want to you know ask Nikki this one. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for this. Yeah, you were waiting for this about Hately. Yeah, he had a good game. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's, I think after five games, I think we should all learn not to say someone's not up to the level after five. Um, yeah, no, he's he, he played really really well. I think um, it's really only two. Mick. So he's really. only played been play, in his whole career. Yeah. 
That's his second game as an inside yeah. mid, which is what he was drafted for. And and the first one was tagging Cripps. We couldn't That's have right. asked him for do much harder than that, can we? That's right. Um, I think I think Saligo played. You know, is showing us why they let him played the first game of the of the year because um, he's got something to that lad. Yeah, and he's built up a bit. He's bulked up a bit yeah. too, Mick, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And I don't. I didn't miss Rob. No. <laughs> no. I don't think anybody I think, did. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, I've I've seen some comments and stuff on some of the uh, Facebook pages saying that uh, Shecky was useless, but uh, strongly was useless. But he got across it on his third or fourth game. Um, I thought he did quite well, competed quite well, and at least he tapped in the right bloody area. That's right. Yeah, he was, he was changing them up, which is a big thing that Rob's always on about, um, the different no. hit zones. And particularly in that second quarter, you'd actually, you could see the Brisbane mids were trying to rove to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rob might stay. He's going to hit the different uh, hit zones, but... Saying it and doing it's two different things, and he seems to be really good at saying it, but very bad at doing it. Yeah, one thing I would say about the though, um, Oscar McInerney, he is a very, very good ruckman, and he and he really touts uh, Strawn up. He had uh, 40, 40 hit outs to 21 of Strawn, he had 11 disposals to six of Strawn, and, and I'm not putting Strawn down. He was up against a very, very good ruckman. He'd, he'd, be, he'd be in the best three ruckman in the competition. So yeah, uh, and like it's poor old Swanee's fourth game. Like that's the point I'm getting. Yeah. Well, I mean, another we, point we're going to get towed up next weekend, and I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing the uh, media say, "Oh, we're in a mid-season slump." We're playing four of the top six sides in the, in the league in a row, one after the other. And they're saying we're having a form flop. What the hell do you think we're going to do? Of course, we're going to lose them. And we've also got the youngest team in the AFL by a country mile. Where yeah. yes, they're getting on, they're getting on runs, and they're hitting the scoreboard. But I don't think we're really being disgraced too much in most of these games. Um, there's some of them. <clears throat> I read of a son-in-law's last night, Nikki. Because he's a winner, he had tea with it yeah. there and watched the game with him. Because he's a he's a uh, Brisbane supporter, and I said to him, if we lose by more than by, by less than forty points, I'm claiming it was a win because that's what I was expecting. And anyone yeah. who thought we were going to beat Brisbane either has got no idea about the game or just got find out got rocks in their head. And you know, to actually walk away from that and think, well, the umpires probably cost us five bloody goals. So we actually played well, and um, yeah, we we faded out for a for for a quarter, maybe a bit more than a quarter when you add it all up. But it's a young side. I mean, we had so many players out there with less than fifty games to compare the two sides is ridiculous. Well, I'll throw Very something else at you, Mick. Yep. That uh, had we had we kicked straight, in addition to the uh, goals that the umpires cost us, had we kicked straight. Uh, we were right in it, um, and you talk oh, yeah. about momentum killers. Um, a few sitters that were missed by Tex and McHenry and a couple others oh, uh, oh, certainly, yeah, certainly yeah, didn't help. Yeah, McHenry and and um, oh, that one from Himmelberg. God yep. damn. Yep. So you know there were a few momentum killers in the in that game, 
Um, and we ended up, you know, with pretty much, what was it, 22 to 21 scoring shots. Um, and as you'll see later on when we, when we pull up the stats, the stats were quite similar in many areas. Um, it was it was a, a, a lapse or a, a deflating sort of lack of motivation for, from about halfway through the second to about halfway through the third. Um, yep. But irrespective of that, um, under different circumstances, we, we weren't far off it, to be honest. I'd actually say red time in, in, the, in the second. Yeah. Until like virtually the same spot in the third. Yep. And other than that, so virtually you could say a quarter if you add it all up. About yep. a quarter we dropped our bundle. Agreed. So yeah. other, than the, other than the rest, I think we took it right up up to a you know top two side. Yeah. Um, and you've got to be happy I, with that. I don't expect to win to I don't expect to win next weekend or the weekend after. Yeah, you know, to go to think we're gonna win against um St Kilda. I mean we might pull one of our bum, but I'm not expecting to. Um, and to go to the cattery and, and try and play them, you know, the cats down there, like we, that's, you know, if we, if we lose that one by less than 50, I'll be happy. But every, from then on, our draw opens up a bit. Uh, we've still got to play West Coast twice. We've got to play North Melbourne twice. Um, and there's a few other sides in there we might, you know, we might get a win or two. We're still going to get our eight or nine wins for the year, I'm expecting, when you look at the back half of the draw. Yeah. Yeah. And for a young, rebuilding side, um, you know, beginning of the year, if you said we were going to get that, I would have said it's about there. Yeah. Um, but you look at, you know, people have got to understand, it's not like we've lost this many games in a row. They've got to see who we played. That's right. Yeah, I also, I also think, Mick, it doesn't really matter if we don't win any games. It's more about uh, getting... As J-Mac says, we should be except we're not going to be very good this year. Just we just got to keep playing every kid and get games into them so that when they when they play next year, when we would like to win some games, that they will have a little bit underneath their belt. So Lego is a very good case in point. I thought that if you compared that particular game compared to the couple of games he had early, I thought he showed a lot more. One. And, well, the, was only one, the one, one. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it, he one. certainly showed a lot more. And... Uh, you know, I think every time Saligo goes around, he'll learn a little bit more about it. He's certainly not afraid, and he's a tough little fella. Macca? Um, Macca? Yeah, this is, and we're, this we're is, not talking about individual players. No, and this is Pick's call. And Mick, you're a legend. I'm going to uh, send you back to the uh, just, uh, audience. Just one more thing. Yeah, just one sure. more thing before I go. I think in, say, two games' time, when, uh, when Filthy's had a few runs in his legs, uh, him and uh, Emelberger have to swap out. Something's got to happen there. Yeah, because no, no, Himmelberg, Himmelberg had got two good games, maybe a third that was middling, but since then um, he's shown absolutely nothing. You have to remember, though, he is Nicky's adopted son. I do realise <laughs> that. You say that. <laughs> All right. This is the longest, longest right. call-in ever. Thanks, Mick. Legend, no mate. Talk to you later. Well, well, mate, see you. You two don't bloody help, do you? You just prattle we on, Macca. You may as well just have Macca. Just you rock up late, and then you carry on like a pork chop. Like, yep. Yeah, people wonder. Uh, Animal, come on in, mate. How are you going? Oh, how are you, mate? Good, good. Hey, look, I'm not going to talk too long. I just. Uh, <laughs> I, 
quick shout out because uh, last night we didn't too much had a poker night. And uh, a good mate, my Malzi, brought up that he's heard me uh, on the show a couple of times. Yeah. So I'm just real quick, I'm going to give out a shout out to Malzi and say uh, thanks for the chatter, mate. That was a good win. I uh, enjoyed that. And, Very good. Uh, that's pretty much we had, we had the game on in the background and we were watching it, but didn't really. We should have a Crowcast poker, poker night one time. That'd be good, I reckon. I would be keen as long as you guys have got plenty of money to give me. Well, it's always I have none money. and I don't play it. <laughs> if you, mate, if you're that eager, I don't want to play there. <laughs> Nicky, you don't need to be there to serve drinks anyway, wouldn't you? I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, what, I, Jet? I know, know Mazzy will be listening uh, and he brought it up last night, so I, I just wanted to give him a shout out. Very good man, animal. Drink while you play poker, mate? Of course. Uh, <laughs> one thing I learned, you've got to stop. Don't you, you let the other drink and you don't, and you, you end up winning. Yeah, yeah well, you yeah. know what? That's an interesting concept, but I've drank every time I've played poker and I've, I've done pretty well. So, yeah. Very good. Nice. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no worries. Thanks very much. See ya. All right. I was only joking, by the way, Nick. <laughs> but also shout out to his mate for listening. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and if anyone wants to have a poker night, stick your hand up because uh, I'll be all over that. Um, all right. So uh, let's get into some head-to-heads, shall we? See, I brought out all the old music, all the old music. Good stuff. All right. Uh, before, now, before we get into the head-to-head stats, I just want to talk quickly about the, the selection as we do. And on the surface, you'd sort of thought, oh, well, um, you know, Cook needs a break. Harry hasn't been playing well. Butts has got COVID. Lockie's a bit cooked. Lockie Murphy's got a sore neck and O'Brien didn't deserve to be in it. Um, and, you know, Billy Frampton... Okay, but in hindsight, what a stupid decision it was to drop Billy Frampton. It was a very surprising decision. Pam. It was stupid. Very surprising. Yep. Uh, it, we just had no height left. Well, not only did we have no height left, but they, I mean, Fagan tried to explore us by dropping Fort down there and they have Hipwood, of course, and... Um, the, the the problem was that the the game, the conditions and the type of game was actually tailor-made for Billy Frampton because he wasn't going to have to do a lot of work in the air. And we all know that his, his weapon is at ground level. It was actually mm. the absolute wrong game. And I know Billy hasn't been playing well as a defensive uh, key position player, absolutely, and didn't deserve to be picked on that basis. The problem was that that wasn't going to be his primary role. And as a result... Uh, we had to sacrifice today again in a key role to try and lock down at all, um, which not only isn't his go, but also just kills so much rebound for us um, when Tommy's got to play an accountable role. I thought Nick Murray was serviceable, um, but not having any tool support um, and Kieran Strawn, one of my one of my criticisms was that he didn't really work defensively terribly well, I didn't think. Um, you know, it just, just meant that we were outgunned. And not that they took a huge amount of marks up forward. In fact, I think we might have taken one more contested mark than they did in forward 50. But 
The problem was that because Duday was accountable, we lost all that drive off halfback. I think that's a very good point, Ben. Um, and I know that in the chat they're mixed about Brampton as, as well, and, and that's with uh, good reason because he hasn't been that good. But you're right, the conditions and uh, the way the game was played, um, I just think that that was probably a good game that he could have played in um, and he could have actually done the job and helped release Duday to do uh, a more proactive intercepting uh, role that he normally liked to do. And that's the problem that we've got with Billy, um, you know. But I think I think he's he's the best choice when we've got a matchup like we had uh, on Saturday night. You know, you come up against Jeremy Cameron and Tommy Hawkins, and you're not going to pick Billy Frampton. And you, you, you know, assuming Geordie Butts is available, you've got Butts and and uh, Nick Murray, who are two um, very good defensive um, players aerially. It was. I just. I just felt like it was. It was an easy decision to make by the selection committee, and they didn't think about it. Um, and the conditions, the time of day, the players that um, Brisbane had out all pointed to the fact that Billy could have racked up twenty-five touches and done enough on their second tour to to allow today to also have a bigger impact on the game. So. I, I just think they missed a they missed a trick on that one. Yeah, I, I won't agree with him. Um, I think though that, that the coach Nick he was going to make his point at whatever the cost is that uh, if you played like Brandon did last week, you're not going to get a game. And I think that's really why he was, even though he would have been handy. You've got to be consistent about that, Mac. You've got to be consistent because there's no Robinson Caruso. He's not the only. He's not the only bloke that has put in an insipid performance or two, and I think oh, you've still got to try. I'd say, you, why is Brown still in the team? Or well, Cole? Yeah. You end up having not bad and not bad game, but he'd been playing pretty ordinary before that. So you're quite right, Ben. You could, if you applied that rule, there would have been several that would uh, still play and that wouldn't be there. But um, and Darcy Fogarty yeah. wouldn't have had a run. So I mean, look. You know, in the meantime, we've got a kid in the twos, Josh Worrell, who I just feel like um, you need to get into the side. And, um, you know, the fact that he's not getting a run, and I know it's difficult to place him uh, because of the size and the type of player that he is. I understand that. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. I just thought they outsmarted themselves and uh, didn't really serve our purpose terribly well as a result. That was my opinion. Yeah, it wasn't a good structure, I agree. Mm. All right, let's look at some head-to-head stats, shall we? And I do have my bloody graphs up here, but I won't dwell on them too long. Um, 353 to 343 in disposals, 206 to 224 in kicks, 147 to 119, that lovely number in handballs. Um, So really, when you look at the graph there, um, pretty evenly uh, matched throughout the course of the game. In fact, we had more disposals for the majority of the game um, after after quarter time, basically. So it wasn't a matter of us not getting enough of the ball, uh, definitely not. Um, inside 50s, um, it was 53 to 57. And again, um, it wasn't really uh, an issue as far as I could see. Um, until that patch 
that I mentioned in the second half, uh, second quarter late, uh, where Brisbane just decided to get on top, and they held sway in terms of inside fifties after that. So you can see in the first half, um, it was pretty even. In fact, up to the what's that about the twenty-four minute mark there, um, the twenty-three twenty-four minute mark there, inside fifties were pretty even, um, and then Brisbane just blew it out. Um, after that, particularly in that patch in the third quarter early. Um, in terms of disposal efficiency, uh, we're actually more efficient with the ball, uh, 72% to 69%. Uh, efficiency inside 50. Um, that go- Efficiency inside 50 talks about scoring 39% to 40%. But, again, that's it doesn't really um, account for our... Uh, inaccuracy, Nikki and Maka, um, and that was a real key. Um, up forward, uh, let's have a look. Do we have what was our tackles inside? Our pressure inside fifty was good. Fifteen um, um, tackles inside fifty to six. Uh, so there was nothing wrong with that. Um, in terms of um, our marking inside fifty, we actually uh, had. Have a look, eight to seven marks inside 50, and we actually took 13 to four marks on the lead. I'm assuming that that includes marks that end up being taken outside of 50. Um, so there was no, no problem with uh, with that. Um, uh, what else is there? Our forward 50 ground ball gets 17 to 50, 15, so we were competitive there. Um, so there was really no... Um, no issue with um, with how we operated up forward in general. Uh, 98 to 76 score involvements. That's an interesting one because uh, you could say that we might have actually overused the, the ball a bit uh, given the scoreboard. I don't know. Did that look that way to you guys? Sorry, it looked what, what way? We over, uh, overused the ball a bit. I think we did. There were there were cases where there were players of ours, and we know they have the distance and that they can make those kicks, but they mm. kept looking to pass it off to to like a better option in a way. It was like, no, go back and and take it and and have the go. We also had four posters. Um, I think it was. I think it was four in total that actually hit the post. Mm. Um. It just might have felt, but it was interesting that they didn't, as you said, they didn't take a lot of marks in their forward line either. A lot of it was um, just getting that little breakaway, those quick hands out that um, was how they were getting their goals. And we just, I thought we felt like we had more of the ball for a lot of the game and just didn't quite capitalise correctly um, at times. It was our finishing. Sorry. The difference okay. there, there between the two was they attacked very directly down, the, very quickly, and uh, having having very good smalls down there caught us out. Whereas, like uh, I think Fiend was saying that we were a bit hesitant at times, and uh, yeah, I, there were there were times we could have had shots for goal. We could we could have, and we well we ended up messing it up, and and we did have bad luck hitting the post. But uh, I, I I just think the way we brought the ball in at times was good, but not consistently enough, whereas Brisbane, they're a hardened team. They play this way all the time and they've got their own way of bringing the ball in and, uh, and you know, they'll do that under pressure, whereas we can't under pressure. 
Yeah, it seemed to be, uh, to me, just uh, we weren't as clean, even, even though uh, a lot of Brisbane scores were from ground ball. Uh, we just, they seem to be able to put the ball into into space or to the advantage of their teammate more so than us. Um, they're a little bit stronger around the ground in terms of marking uh, seventy seven to sixty nine. In terms of contested marks, see there again eleven to five contested marks. So we really miss the influence of a a marking ruckman, and, and it shows how much it hurts when um, O'Brien is not up and about taking marks around the ground and. You know, in this case, not even playing. So uh, well, he'd only taken one in two games before that. Um, no, that's right, and it really hurts us. And Strong got one, I think, in the game. Yeah. So if we want to talk about the rucks real quick, um, hitouts was thirty-four to fifty-nine in their favour, and you can see that was a fairly consistent divergence throughout the course of the match. There, um, uh, hitout win percentage. Um, that's not a very good number. Hitouts to advantage, uh, ten to twenty-five. So you can see that uh, of the thirty-four hitouts that Kieran got, um, ten went to advantage. Of the fifty-nine hitouts that Brisbane got, twenty-five went to advantage. So about a third for Kieran and about well, just under a half for uh, for the Lions ruckman. So. Mechanism. Well, I mean, it's probably a combination because I had Fort running there a little Fort, bit. Yeah, Fort as well, yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. You know, again, it was clear that Brisbane were going to go into the, the game with two genuine Ruckman because uh, I, I would say that Darcy Ford is, is a far better, far more accomplished Ruckman than Elliot Himmelberg. And I just think we've got to have a look at the way we run our Rucks. I really do. Yeah, you mean you suggest him possibly playing two? Well, I would consider playing Thilthorpe and um, one of O'Brien or Strawn and one of Himmelberg and Frampton. And my preferred option would probably be Thilthorpe, Strawn, Frampton, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, well... um... I think anything's worth a try. Well, Frampton's 200 centimetres, Matt, and uh, he's not going to give you a huge amount around the ground aerially, but he's certainly going to be a, 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 you know, useful at ground level. Um, Phil thought we just need to get into the game as much as possible, and I don't honestly see him as a crash-bash marking forward, uh, so I think putting him deep and dropping it on his head is just setting the kid up to fail. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Strawn has shown that he's a good tap ruckman and when played forward in the SANFL, he kicks goals. He can take a mark, he can kick a goal as an awkward customer. I just feel like we've got to try different things because at the moment our, our ruck division is really letting us down and uh, that would be one of the things that I would try, to be honest. Well, it is worthy of a try, thing because, I mean... We've got nothing to lose, really, at this stage of the year. We're not going anywhere. And if we, if it just helps us lose the game a bit more or might help us not lose the game so more, um, yeah, you've got to try, you, you do have to try things. If you do the same thing every time, you get the same result every time. So, yeah, it's worthy of a try. Yeah. Uh, in terms of clearances, 42 to 45, uh, 13 to 10 in the centre and 29 to 35 
around um, the ground, if you have a look at our centre clearance numbers real quick, you can see that it really, um, you know, uh, again, it's this period from around about half time to, you know, when the game was done sort of 10 minutes into the fourth quarter where Brisbane really started to get on top in terms of their um, their set of clearance work. Um, Zorko actually came off the ground at half-time and was saying to, I think, whoever interviewed him, that they needed to work harder in the in the midfield. Um, and mm-hmm. certainly him and uh, Zorko and Neil, you know, t- towards half-time and after half-time really stepped up their game. And it coincided with um, Berry... Um, sort of dropping out of it a little bit, and we'll have a look at some individual steps in a, in a minute. Um, but they really got on top of, of Sam um, in the midfield. Um, the one that I wanted to have a look at is the Clanger number here. And the Clanger number tells the tale that I was, uh, and I don't know whether you guys can see this, but you can see that for most of the game it's fairly even. Uh, but this period here from about the 10-minute mark in the second to probably about the 12-minute mark in the third quarter, we just started turning the ball over. We just started missing targets um, and burning the ball, and that coincided with Brisbane getting back into the game. Now, obviously, some of that was momentum with the umpires, but the Ben Keys incident that I mentioned earlier, Macca, um, yeah. Yeah, illustra- yeah, right. illustrates what I'm talking about there. Yeah, and... Uh- that's a, that is the trouble with Keezy because you, you love him to death for his effort, but if only he could actually kick and hit a, a Guernsey all the time or at least kick it to advantage, it would be really good. And uh, I, I think he's getting marginally better, but he's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, in terms of possession, contested possession, um, what was it? Pretty even, um, 147, uh, not really even, 14 difference, 147 or 161. But it was even for most of the game to a large extent, except again that little patch uh, just before half time and just after half time. Um, in terms of our um, uh, defensive one-on-ones, we were good down back in terms of our uh, contested possession. In terms of our ground ball gets, we were actually very good uh, in terms of our ground ball gets, and that's generally a key number that the coaches look at um but again it was more about what we did with it i thought maca and nikki than how much we got it if that makes sense no it does make sense because our 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 usage of the ball was poor at times really poor yeah um pressure acts 304 to 273 in our favor no problem with our pressure that we're putting on pardon me so, and defensively, um, in terms of our tackles, I think we were okay there, 72 to 55, so very good. Uh, in terms of our tackles, uh, our spoils, 45 to 41. Um, our rebound, 50s, uh, 38 to 42, so that was pretty even. Um, so you can see there's only... The stats that really show up um, anything are the ones relating to how we use the ball. And I think in the end it was ball use, Nikki and Maka, um, yep. that made that that was probably the difference, not only on the scoreboard but around the ground. Yeah, and look, it, it's a very it's a huge point actually. It, it's it's much bigger than you would think because when you don't kick it if you kick it to your teammate and the ball goes travelling down the ground, it just 
get, as you say, there's momentum. If you get the ball and every but every time you kick it, you kick it to the opposition or kick it to a loose ball, where they've got just as much chance as you of getting it. You can't generate momentum. It's very hard. Uh, and in, in that period when we were did generate some momentum, we were actually used the ball a little bit better than we normally, well, certainly much better than we did in the third quarter. Yeah. So you're quite right. It's a big, big point. Nick, were you at the ground? I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was, it was kind of interesting in that I actually thought for the first time this was a good matchup for our midfield because their midfield is not that tall, and mm. whilst there's some speed in it, it's not excess speed. If you understand what I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's more about how they move the ball and get that that spacing out. And I actually thought it was, particularly in that second quarter. We really countered what they did, but we were able to break away from those stoppages um, a lot better. And, yep. and I think it was quite good because we had Dawson on the wing, you know, back where he, I think that's back where he belongs, um, which really did help. But then when they. Well, Dawson was Dawson wasn't started, playing on the wing. He was in the first quarter and for the start of the second. Oh, okay. They moved him to the yeah. back lines. When they started to get that run on, yeah, they put him back in the back lines. Mm. And yeah, that's right. when we started to lose that nice momentum and the passing and everything else. And what you're saying there, that, that good ball use yeah. um, from that point onwards. Spot on, and the other and thing I, sorry, I did Nick, actually just like to, was... Sorry, Nick, just to build on that point, that, tie, that goes hand in hand with what I was saying about this non-selection yeah. of Frampton. Because look how much it forced us to change. Because we didn't have Frampton, we weren't getting drive from Duday. We weren't getting they were they were getting on top of us aerially. So we had to put Geordie into the hole. So not only did it rob us of Duday, and yes, we got a lot of drive from Geordie out of half back. But it's not where you'd rather be playing him. You'd rather be him kicking the ball inside fifty rather than kicking it out outside defensive fifty. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a very good point that you made. Um, although he, he did do a mm, balls of a kick at one stage, I was like, okay, don't give the don't give him the ball now. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but you understand what yeah. I'm saying. It, it the, oh, the non-selection totally. of Frampton had a had a knock-on effect. But uh, but you know yeah. the other thing with Dawson too is that he is a kicker, not a handballer, and 22 possessions I think he had. Um, and, uh, and I think he, and he kicked it 20 times. It's something like that anyhow, the ratio. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of him. And he can actually find a teammate. So um, I, I personally would love to see him play in the middle so that he, he that he can go in all directions. So he can go forward, back, sideways, because just to keep him in the play, because um, just the, I'll be channeling the ball through where, whenever, wherever possible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he is absolutely cool. The, the other good thing I, I thought we actually did quite well against them to counter it was that switch we would do across the ground quite a lot to really make them spread and uh, mm. sort of the, the bottle up was, was part of that really. We'd do that to then open it up to then get the, the run, um, you know, down the wings. Yeah. Um, and so there, there was some really nice movement. There was um, that really good, you know, push and everything else that was happening. But you're right. It's just that little bit of quality 
it was that little bit of experience and understanding um, your own teammates, I, I think, showed up the difference between a finals-hardened playing group who's been together for quite a number of years, even with some newer players coming, but there's, you know, they've got that consistency between a very young team. Yep, and we're going to get that disparity as we push through. And look, as Mick pointed out rightly and as we've already spoken about, we've basically lost a quarter. Um, Aside from losing a quarter, uh, we're around the mark and with uh, a little less gifting from the umpiring and a little bit straighter kicking from a couple of our lads, not that far off. So, you know, uh, it's not all doom and gloom, whereas, you know, in previous couple of weeks, you're really struggling to pick out a positive. Uh, there are quite a few positives, I, I felt, out of the game. And speaking of positives, uh, let's have a look at uh, some of them. Uh, Rory Laird, 33 touches, 17 kicks and 16 handballs. He had 10 tackles, 9 clearances, 280 metres gained. Um what else did he do? Uh, four inside 50s, 10 score involvements, um, 17 contested possessions. Um, probably, I would say, Rory's best game for the season. Very good game. Very good game. Nobody uh, could criticise him for his efforts. Uh, yeah, he he's in the best two for me. Nick? Um. I think yeah, I think it definitely was one of his better games. Uh, there were still some issues with those high dolly kicks and some better options he could have taken. Um, and at the time, there were better options, which he, he didn't do, which seemed to be clearly there for him to take. So at the ground, I was a little bit annoyed at him. Um, so I didn't have him in my best two because of some of the things which I think didn't help us in our momentum forward. He, he went back to those high kicks and just, I'm just going to kick it down instead of the switch of the play sometimes where we had some nice free players which would have really broken um, up the game and really made them spread out of, the, out of our forward line. I think you're being incredibly harsh. In fact, I can remember Lady spotting up some quite nice low passes. Oh, no, no, I said he did do, yeah, some of those were there, but he also did go back to some of those high kicks and which frustrated me at some key points in the game uh, I, when we were really trying to to get onto that. It's interesting because I've, um, I've heard two sort of uh, opinions on his game and they vary substantially depending on whether you're at the ground or not. It's quite fascinating, actually. Uh, the people that were at the ground haven't rated his game nearly as much as those who were watching it on TV. It's, it's fascinating. Not saying either's yeah. wrong or right, um, but that's what there's I've a, One of the reasons it is because he's smallish and often amongst other players, so you don't see him that easily. Um, but when you I say, know exactly how that man runs. But, but when you're on TV, no, but on TV you can pick him even in a pack, and I can pick him in a pack at the ground. Well, BM said he, he didn't barely notice him. When 33 possessions, you should notice him. Yeah. I, I, I noticed, I noticed, yeah, he did some of those good things. There were some nice ones, but there was also, he went back to some of the, mm, 
things that just frustrated me. Yeah, I, I uh, didn't have him top two. Put it this way: he, he in terms five. of in terms of our coalface, in terms of our uh, clearance work, uh, no one was better than him uh, for us, and probably he would have been in the top two or three clearance getters on the ground. He had five stoppage clearances. Um, he had. Yeah, five stoppage clearances and three centre clearances, so eight for the game. Twenty-five pressure acts. Um, I don't know, Nick. Uh, I'm like I'm happy to take your opinion, but uh, I think you're being a little bit harsh for mine. Agreed. Anyway, I got not standards for him. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, but opinions, Nick. So you're entitled to yours. Yeah, no, and that's fine. I mean, I won't bring up the fact that you named. Ned McHenry in the best the other day when no one else realised he was playing. But we can just move on from that. I know. What you were trying to say is I'm more astute and I picked it up. I understand, Frank. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, Jack Haightley um, had a good game, I thought, Jackson. He had uh, 27 touches, uh, 12 kicks, 15 handballs, 2 marks, 5 tackles, uh, 4 clearances, 371 metres gained. Um, also, he had four inside 50s, eight score involvements, um, 10 contested possessions. Um, probably the number one number one advertisement for playing a kid in the bloody position that you, that you drafted him for. Yeah, very good point, Fiend. Excellent point. And, uh, look, he did have a good game. It doesn't matter whether you like him, whether you hate him, or whether you're indifferent. He had a very good game. And and what I think helped him was that I think they still used him as a bit of the tagger role, but the tagger that they put him on or to the player to play on was Lions. So player that's not that fast, he's not bigger than him, it gave him the opportunity to actually be able to, to use his body quite well and to be able to get separation from him and he didn't have to worry so much about the hurt factor going the other way, so he actually got to play more as a midfielder and less as a tagger. Well, he certainly played as a midfielder because he quite quite often got the ball out on his own. Yeah. Oh, he he no. Once he got it, he split really well. Well, he's certainly got to be, uh, con- oh, you know, uh, he's got he's got to be continuing on in that role, and uh, hopefully, he just keeps on playing at that level. This is another one of those ones, Nikki. Where we're all different from you. <laughs> is that what it is? How so? I don't know. I didn't think he played like a, as a tagger at all. <laughs> but that's just No, I was saying he was finding <laughs> lions um, because that was his matchup and that mm. was who he was going with. Because sometimes when you see the, that midfield structure, they'll, they'll swap players. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and positioning, but he, he he was often he was often the one following lions, so he would often change the side sometimes depending with lions. So you could see that he was following him, but it was it was to me it was more an old fashioned of you're playing on him, you just go with him for the game, and we'll see how it ends up, kind of thing. Instead of the the modern version of tagger, which is that same kind of thing, but you're not 
you don't really go and get the ball. Your just aim is entirely just to stop that player. Maybe at a stoppages, Nicky, you might do that, but not around the ground. I thought Haitley made good ground, good spaces around the ground. No, but that's what he was doing. He was doing that more. He was playing like a midfielder. Well, that was what he was supposed to be playing. I, I know, but they like to play him as a tagger. No, they don't like, like to play to him as a tagger. He played once as a tagger. That's once he's played as a tagger. No, when he they brought him in last year, they played him as a tagger as well, and I can't he didn't remember. Played midfield, anyway. Yeah, so they um, they played him as a tagger last year when they brought him in. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see that footage. Um, all right. What else we got here? Benny Keys. I thought it was a pretty average game by Ben, uh, even though he got his twenty-seven touches, twelve and fifteen, uh, five marks, four tackles, ten clearances. Uh, all sound like good numbers, um, but gee whiz, he burnt the ball, didn't he? Um, four inside 50s, um, four centre clearances, two score involvements, um, 18 contested possessions. I just want to have a look at his clanger rate and his turnovers because, to me, he just absolutely burnt the thing. So he had five clangers, but they're all after half time, barring one. Uh, turnovers, seven turnovers. Um, it's not what you want yeah. from a bloke who's getting twenty seven touches. No, look, I, I thought he he marred his game with that, and nobody's ever going to ever uh, disagree that or think that he hasn't given a hundred percent effort because he always does. Nobody gives more effort on the ground than he does, but. Uh, yeah, his disposal, he really has got a lot to learn about. But it was it, probably because, you know, we're playing a game that a team puts more pressure on the most. Um, he he did burn the ball, no doubt about it. Well, when you're getting it that much, like 27 posies and you only have 17 effective posies for the game, that's a lot of, that's a lot of wasted effort, isn't it? And, mm. you know, you know that whole... Work smarter, not harder thing. I think Ben Keys is very much a work harder type. And it someone's got to pull him aside and show him his tapes and help him to understand that he's better off getting 25 quality touches instead of 30 touches of which, you know, 10% of or 20% of them are... Um, are burnt and and often result like at least one on the weekend resulted in a goal going the other way. Yeah, can't argue with that thing. I mean, you've got to you've got to be smart about what you're doing. Um, and every look, everyone has a has a bad one, and he's been fantastic for us. Um, you know, and his work rate can't be questioned. Um, but. I think he might be trying a little bit too hard at times um, and I think he doesn't take the right options at times and his disposal, he just needs to be staying home after school and, and working on his kick. I agree. Nick? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I thought he was trying too hard against his old side. Geordie, uh, 23 touches as you pointed out, uh, 24, sorry, as you pointed out, Macca, 22 and 2. Uh, which is an amazing um, um, stat, but the thing the thing is, he can kick 
so often because he has this uncanny ability, even though he doesn't look overly fast, of just getting through traffic. Yep. He's an amazing player, actually, and and that's why I would like to see him in the centre uh, because where he's got the whole field uh, in front of him both ways and, um, and we'd get the, our maximum value out of him. Um, it's just a roaming settlement because I tell you what, I reckon he'd pick up about 30-odd touches and they'd all be good. Well, it's easy to say that, but like, moving from half-back to the midfield has found a lot of people out, Maka. Um, he played, you know, actually he's a very interesting player because, I, you know, I've watched him playing with Sydney and uh, he started at, at a half-back um, and 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 he got a very, very good half-back when he was with Sydney. Then they moved him up on the wing and he became a very good wingman and then towards the end of that particular year they started using him on a half-forward flank because he was, uh, again, uh, he'd usually come up high, uh, but, uh, but he's a guy that goes pretty well wherever you put him. Um, he just reads the ball very well. Yep, I don't think I'd play him in the midfield. I'd like to see him on a wing, though. I think he's a genuine winger. Um, I'd like him to be, if he's going to be on a wing, I'd like him to have the the licence to patrol the whole area, just not that wing. Well, Which and he that, did in the first quarter very much. He, he started on the ground on the wing, and he played the first quarter yeah. on the wing, and he played the majority of the second quarter also rotating through the wing. When he had, uh, what do you have, 620-odd metres gained, 400 of which he got by half-time. Um, and a lot, of, and, he didn't, and he hardly got a touch in the first 20 minutes of the game. Um, and then he yeah. just went nuts off half-back. And as, as soon as he got pushed back, um, he, he just started directing traffic there for a little while. So, um, you know, again, we're forced to play Jordan in a defensive situation. And we're not getting value from him. Remember, we used to play Seedsman off a half-back flank as well and he'd kick all those balls to the wing and half the time we'd turn him over and they'd come back on his head. And then we managed to get him pushed up so that he was the the, the, the kicker into the forward 50. And, and whilst his kicks were often too shallow, it was a far better use of someone like him than it was coming off half-back where everything was just down the line and high and long and not to... A, any sort of target. Dawson could be even more damaging in that role if we can get him mm. into that position where he's the last kick inside 50 because he can get it to that 30 metres out but he can also put it to someone's advantage which is probably something he's got over Seisman and also Brody Smith. So, again... What Sydney did with him last year, thing. Exactly. So we've got, to, we've got to sort this back half out so that we don't have to rely on Jordan Dawson to sweep up. We, we need to free up Tom Diday um, quick smart because Tommy's good uh, in that role, in that rebounding role. He's got a cool head. Um, uh, he doesn't get too flustered in his disposals. Pretty reasonable. Um, and uh, I just think we just need to free Tommy up. No, great thing. Stuck out like dog's balls to me, Macca. Uh, Jimmy Rowe, I thought was very good. 23, uh, 11 and 12. He had five marks, two tackles, uh, three clearances. Um, played up the ground a fair bit. 
Um, 10 score involvements, which is what you want from James Rowe, five inside 50s. So all the things that you want Jimmy to do, he did. I thought he had a very good game. Uh, I've been a top game. Possibly his best game that he's played for the club. And uh, as you say, uh, he had uh, 10 score, score involvements as well. And he does use the ball very well in general. So, uh, yeah, no, he got a big tick for me. Yep. Really, really liked his game. Um, and I think just everything you've just talked about there, just that, that disposal around the ground. He's a smart footballer. Definitely a footballer's footballer, isn't he? Like He's got the IQ. Um, you know, he was involved in four score launches. That, what did I say? He had like something like 10 score involvements. Um he he knows where to put himself. He knows where to put the ball. He gets himself through traffic, um, and you know from a purist perspective, it annoys me when he ducks. Um, and I heard apparently Stephen said that Jimmy might be no, known as Joel Selwood uh, in the Rowe household. Um, <laughs> I'd prefer he didn't do it, to be honest with you. But the first one that he did that um, sort of got us underway. Uh, I thought, well, yeah, okay, that's that's reading that's reading the game, and and the fact that we needed something, and he put himself there, and he and he dropped, and you know all that. I'd rather he didn't do it, to be honest with you. It's probably the only thing I don't like about his game. Yeah, that's fair enough, but yeah, probably yeah, holds his some- spot. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's uh, he does the calculation of I will very much lower my body. He doesn't do the drop the knees, but he lowers the whole body. Um, he, he basically he slides into he's touch. Cal- he's calculated to do it. And other times they do just get him high. <laughs> he doesn't shrug like Selwood does. He tends to slide no, into I- touch. So you're right, Nick. He doesn't kind of drop it at the knees. He just kind of like slides his feet forward. <laughs> so he drops his and shoulders. And all he does it is he... He does it as, as if he's about to turn, so mm. your body will actually go at that angle. So he starts to turn, and that's what gets him. So he doesn't have to raise the arms at all. He's, he's not like um, what is it, Jennifer uh, from Collingwood, which does who does the Selwood, which is the arm raise, which and the yeah. Bulldogs, which were so good at it. It's he actually drops his whole body and he turns, and they just you, you can't tackle that legally. It's smart. I'll tell you who else has gotten very good at it. Mitch Duncan's got very good at it lately too, the last couple of years of his career. Uh, Tommy Duday, as we spoke about earlier, um, probably found himself with a job that uh, he would rather have not had. He had 21 touches, though, 14 and 7, seven marks, uh, two tackles. He had 415 metres gained. Um, He had four inside 50s, which is fantastic. Um, for his role, two score involvement, 16 intercepts, if you don't mind, um, and seven contested possessions. So you can just tell it's, it was a really a what might have been kind of game from from Tommy through no fault of his own, really. No, as you say, just the circumstances of having to play that role because there was nobody else picked to do it. So that limited... Uh, his game, and it also put some negativity into his game as well. Um, but he did he he look he had a pretty good game uh, overall, considering the conditions he had to play under and uh, who he had to stand. 
Yeah, he's he's looking the, those past couple of weeks. He's just after uh, which game was it? Where we're all just going, what is going on with him? He's just not right. Is is he trying too hard? He just seems to have started to get that form back, that composure back, um, and the confidence as well. To I am going to run through and and be a link player. Um, and and that was just it was really nice to see and I found it really hard. I couldn't get him in my best five players, but I, I think there's a number of really good honourable mentions for the game. Yeah, that's that's pretty close to it, Nikki. Uh, so you haven't got Laird in, you haven't got Diday in. I'm wondering. No, no, no. I do have you Laird got, in. He's just not in the top two. Luke Pedler in. <laughs> he didn't play. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Nick. Uh, Lockie Scholl, um, I'm not going to spend too much more time on any of these. Um, Lockie Scholl, 21 touches, just didn't seem to have a big impact on the game. Um, 321 metres gain, so maybe I'm being a little bit unfair. Um, he had two inside 50s, four score involvements, uh, six contested possessions. I, I just felt like... just I don't feel like... Like he's having much impact on the game, if you know what I mean. That's probably a good summary. Uh, but it was a better game this week. I never saw him pipe this week, uh, whereas I did twice last week. It's amazing. And the one thing I won't, I won't accept is a player that uh, absolutely pipes. But um, I, I'm sure he would have been spoken to by the club about that. And it, look, he did get the 21 touches. Some of them were good. And uh, he's a good player if he's really at his best. Uh, but he's definitely not at his best at the moment. When when we had that nice run on in the second, um, that's when he was getting a lot of those metres gained. He was being Didn't really he? proactive around the clearances um, a couple of times because they would structure the one up the back and he was on the opposite side and I'm thinking, oh, this could hurt us. But he was the one who actually was getting the ball out, helping get the ball out of those clearances. When so, did you say that was? You're right, he faded in and out. When did you say he got all those metres gained? No, he no. got some of those metres gained from when we were getting that run on in the second. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have one metre gained from the six-minute mark until the six-minute mark of the third quarter. So he went a whole quarter without... A metre gained. He actually gained all his metres. Um, in the third? Uh, well, he had quite a bit in the third. Yep, a little bit in the last. Yeah, definitely in the third. Man. Mm, that's, what like the, oh. that's what the stats tell me, Nick, unfortunately. Um, I, I can't. Remember. I wouldn't be exactly specific, but he did have one good little spell, whether whatever quarter it was. And yep. um, but uh, as as somebody said in the in the chat, they prefer Cook over him. So would I. Yeah, I agree. He, okay. he looked like he he'd had a good talking to by the club. Shoal's got exactly the same issue as Rory Atkins, and I can't believe we've got a clone. It took us so long to get Rory Atkins out of the club. Um, yep. And I'm not saying that I necessarily want Lucky Shoal out of the club. Um, but what I will say is that um, if you're not going to do what you're in the team for, 
then you're not doing it right. And we know he's not a contested ball beast. We understand that. But what we get from Dawson and what we got from Seedsman last year on the wing, what we get from Brody Smith at times, those sorts of players, that's what Lockie Scholl needs to be. He needs to be that player that you can that can get out on the outside of the contest and hit someone up at distance. At the moment, Lockie Scholl is all these little chippy chippy passes for him. For him to only have how many possessions did he have until half time? Let's just deep dive into Lockie a little bit. So Lockie, up until half time, Lockie had twelve possessions. How many of those were kicks? Uh, so he had he only had three kicks and and nine handballs up until half time so first of all he's not putting it on his boot enough and second of all when he is put like we can see as soon as he starts kicking the ball we get some value out of him but when he's just doing these dinky little passes, 20 metres and all the rest of it, that's lazy football. That means that he's not running hard enough to get separation. He's not making position enough to be able to get himself into the clear. And he's taking the easy short kick option half the time. That's not what we need from Lockie Shoal. Yeah, well, mate, I don't know that Lockie Shoal is definitely a long-term answer for us. He's a current-term player. Uh... But if you know if all our young lads come good, I don't know whether whether there will be room for Lockie. You know, only uh, four score involvements, Lockie Shaw. That's goals and points. Only four score involvements for the game. Um, so yeah, I I don't like picking on the kid, um, but I just think there are areas of his game, and this is where I don't understand when the coaches do their Monday talks and all the rest of it. And they look, they've got much more comprehensive stats than we're able to look at. It should be plainly obvious that Lockie Scholl is cruising. He's doing what he needs to do. And 20 touches on the board looks good and everyone goes, good on you, mate, you got 21 touches. But when you actually drill down, you can see that, that uh, as good as useless touches. Yeah, I agree. He, he has a lift or be replaced. Yeah, Brody Smith, um, 18... Disposals eleven and seven. Thought he was a bit quiet actually. Four tackles, three eighty-one meters gained. Um, just wasn't prominent by his standards. Um, five score involvements only. Five intercepts. He was only on the ground for sixty-seven percent. Now, why would that have been? Why would he have been on the ground so little time? I've got no idea. I don't know whether he got a knock or anything like that because uh, that not a lot of time, is it? Um... I thought he was handy without being dominant. Nick, did you notice him being off the ground for a stretch? Who was this? Brody Smith. Um, I did sometimes wonder um, where he was in the back lines. Yeah, we're just mentioning that he had sixty-six percent time on ground, which seems quite low. Um, so, where that where they give him a bit more of a a rest coming back from that head knock, but that that seems a bit weird. Although he did well, get another little bit of a knock in the game too, so it it may be that um, 
they they did treat it a little bit cautiously. Possibly that. Well, that's interesting because Ned McHenry only had 57% time on ground too. And that immediately leads me to ask the question, why play him if he's only able to play two-thirds of a game? Yeah. I'm sure he's capable. Oh, I see the concussion thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why play him? If they... Well, that, that's terribly low numbers. But then again, Sam Berry only had 64% time on ground. Very, Sam Berry only had 64% time on ground. Ben Keyes only had 67% time on ground. We must have only had like 13 players on the ground at some... At, Taylor Walker only had 50%. Chase only had 45% time on ground. That can't be right. Surely. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll just go and look at the right stat now. Sorry about that. My bad. Brady Smith had 86% time on ground. <laughs> I was well, looking at... Like I was looking at disposal... I was looking at disposal efficiency. My, my, my apologies for that. That makes sense. Fine, we can get on with our lives now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just felt like, um, I don't know, Brody didn't seem to have a lot of impact. Uh, had seven rebound Brody, 50s. You, you always tried, but, but, you know, he had a, a tidal wave coming at him at times. So, um, That's true. I think the defenders are always going to look a little bit worse when you've got uh, a team as dominant as Brisbane were in the third quarter. Yeah, look, there's no doubt that most of our problems stem from them overpowering us in the midfield, Macca, no doubt about that. And I think our defence in general suffered from what I was speaking about earlier, just with with a poor setup. Um, So, yeah, I'm not not about to hang it on any of the defenders at all because I think they all tried pretty hard. Elliot Himmelberg, on the other hand, your boy, Nicky. um, He's not my boy. I'm also Well, he's not the Messiah, that's for sure. When did you divorce him, Nicky? <laughs> we divorced him quite a few weeks ago, all three of us. Well, I, I thought it was only a tokenism on your part. No. <laughs> oh, no. And then he played the good game, and we're like, we're not back on again, but we're going to wait and see. Yeah. And wait, waiting and seeing is there's issues still going on there. You know, from my point of view, I look at the Himmelberg that plays with GWS and I look at the Himmelberg we've got and I think they can't be by the same father. One one, one moves very easily. One moves very smoothly and the other one doesn't. Guess which one Um, we've got. The graph that I've got up probably highlights my frustration with Elliot and it wasn't a marking night, uh, but contested marks, zero. Marks on lead, zero. Um, the bloke has to be able to take a mark has to be able to take a mark and the observation that I made the other day holds true I think it's a it's a mental struggle macker for him to actually bring drag himself to attack the football I think his his base instinct is to sag off and when he is forced to attack the ball through circumstances or like he's got no choice or else everyone will, will throw cans at him. You can see it's, it's a real mental wrestle. It's not his natural instinct to do that, is it? No, it isn't. Um, he's just not mobile enough. Seriously, he, he isn't. And 
Lockyer said he did not take one mark on the league, not one. And, uh, I mean, he's in that position where we, we drive the ball in long and, I mean, other teams, somebody clunks it. He doesn't. Yeah, took two marks uh, up until half-time and one after half-time. I mean, you just he's not working hard. He's not making enough contests to, to do that. But that's I, just... I honestly don't, don't know whether it's in him, Ben. I mean, so, uh, are we seeing just the what, what he's got to give and that's it? So Eric Hitwood uh, took more marks, took four marks, one mark on the lead. Um, yep. E. Himmelberg, niente, nada. Um, it just disappoints me and it's a real dilemma. Um, you know, he's not... A, it would be all right. My argument for having him in earlier in the season was that he straightened us up. But what I observed um, last night, and he's been doing it now for a couple of weeks, is he's not actually running to the right positions, Macca. Um, he's not putting the ball... He's not forcing players to kick to the right spots. Um, and there were a couple of times, I think Lockie Scholl got done once because Himmelberg just ran to the wrong spot and... Show ended up turning it over. Um, and there are a couple of other occasions as well where Elliot just did not run to the right spot. He's not assertive enough, in my opinion. As a centre-half forward, Mac and Nick, you'd know that you have to be assertive. You have to make that part of the ground your own. Uh, you have to be strong. You're going to get belted in the back of the head all game. You have to, and You have to make that that part of the ground your own. You have to be the avenue, and Elliot Himmelberg is just not that player, unfortunately. Not that player. Oh, he doesn't know how to demand. Well, no, it's not, I don't think it's in him. They do put it in a position where he should mark it. He still doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it's probably not in his nature. I'm sure he's a, he's a gentle giant, uh, you know, quiet-natured, maybe a little bit shy or whatever. He's not assertive, um, you know, and it probably is why he dropped so many marks as well because he doesn't grip the damn ball, you know. He lets the ball hit his hands. He's, he doesn't he doesn't go to the ball. Um, so whether there's a fear, like you could probably do a bit of a psychological study on Elliot because it, it seems to me that he's 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 just not strong enough mentally uh, to play that role. And so, what do you do with him? Is that is that the end for Elliot, or well, can we use him another way? Well, I don't know where else you can use him. You can't put him in the back line; he's too slow, um, and he can't ruck for, uh, for peanuts. And uh, you know he will have give you one good game in about ten out up forward. So for me, um, I would say the experiment with him is over. Um, you know, I'll, I'd be happy to experiment and try. Uh, fish up there. Uh, I, I don't know that he'd go any worse. Well, let's just keep the conversation on Himmelberg because I think he's at a bit of a crossroads. Um, I think if you drop Billy after a couple of good games and a couple of bad ones, you've also got to drop Elliot after a couple of good ones and what I would now say is four bad ones. And I think Elliot's bad games or good games came against probably less strong defence. 
Um, but he's been up against some pretty good defenders over the last month or so, and, he's, and he hasn't got it. And I know he's young. I know young guys take a long time to develop. I, I get it all, but I'm just not seeing the intent. If I could see the intent, and it's actually a worry that I have about Thilthorpe in terms of his aerial marking as well. I'm just not seeing the intent uh, from Himmelberg. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what we do with Elliot. Um, I, I really—he's one of these guys I really want to succeed because I, I'm sure he's a lovely lad, um, and he's got all the physical attributes, um, and he's good at ground level. He's probably as good as um, um, uh, Frampton in terms of actually gathering the ball below his knees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and he's got quite a good football brain, but we need him to be able to assert himself aerially. I don't think it'll ever happen, Pete. Anyway, we won't dwell on that. Sam Berry, um, I thought he started well, Sam, um, but I just thought that Brisbane's midfield just got on top of him a bit um, and he went a little bit quiet there through the middle part of the game uh, was my um, observation. Let's just see what he did. Yeah, yeah he started very there. well. started very well and then he faded and he came back with a little burst and then he faded again. So... Um, uh, what he did was good. He just needs to do a little bit more. There, there were a couple of their goals that they got were purely and simply because when they were setting up in the middle and he should have been closer to his midfielder because the ball was still in dispute. He was too much on our attacking side. He wasn't defensive. They had that separation. Quick flick of the hands out to them. You see that beautiful pass that they do into the forward line and Berry trailing behind. He'd just given them too much separation. So it's just, he just needs to be that little bit smarter as a midfielder when the ball is in certain sections of the ground. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, look, he did some good things, Nicky, but you're right. Oh, yeah. Um, um, he, as the, I thought he started pretty well, and perhaps he got a little bit carried away with that, and um, then became a little bit looser. But um, I did like his start the game, and if he could, he just has to learn to expand the time, the amount of time that he's good for. Only nine effective disposals for the game out of a total of fourteen. Um, I think what you, what you. Um raised there was a very good point that you've got to know Nicky you said that he might have got ahead of himself a little bit when the game's running in your direction and uh, you'd start running a little bit ahead of the ball or you start running to space you know to be next in the chain and all the rest of it that's great but you've got to be able to feel and be realistic about when the opposition um, midfielder are just starting to break even and get on top again and win a few contests, and you've got to know when to pull back and be defensive, and I think you're right, Nick. Um, he went through a stage there where he probably didn't recognise that he just had to had to tag up a little bit on Zorko and, and Neil for a few minutes. Yep, he, he and, only... and that's, that's, that's purely, I think, all what it was. To, to me, it just comes down to experience. Um. You know, how, how many games do those two 
have it under the belt oh, and how many games he has as a pure midfielder. 100%. These are observations, not criticisms. Uh, he didn't have a, an effective disposal from the 10-minute mark of the second quarter until the 19th minute mark of the third quarter. Yeah, or he had one in that three. time. Uh, sorry, the last quarter. He had one dispo- effective disposal between halfway through the second and three-quarters of the way through the last. So he really mm-hmm. dropped out of the game, uh, unfortunately. Um, but you know it's a learning experience. I think we've seen enough of Sam to know that he's got uh, he's got uh, really good uh, potential in in our midfield setup. Um, he tackles really well. As um, who was it that said that on the someone on the chat said that? Uh, let's have a look at his tackle numbers uh, real quick. So thirteen tackles. So that's the value that you do get. From uh, from Sam, at least you know he's you know thirteen tackles and twenty nine pressure acts. But we do need him to get more of the footy, or at least have a uh, a more linear line of disposals. You can't have him, you can't have a midfielder not get an effective disposal for you know uh, a half a game of footy. You just can't do that. Anyway, um, I won't dwell on too many others. Ned, I thought, was a bit ineffective. Wilhelm, I thought, uh, had good patches. Um, yeah. Particularly later in the game, uh, looked really good. Bitch Hinge, I thought, struggled a little bit. Um, again, the whole setup just wasn't balanced right down back. Jake Saligo, I thought, was a really good game. 12 uh, disposals, only 8 and 4. Uh, but I just felt like uh, when he got around the ball, um, he looked like he belonged. 235 metres game from those 12 uh, disposals. So he yeah, was... One... Sorry, Fiend, but I think he only had the one disposal in the last quarter. Um, so he so may have run out of a little bit of gas. But um, I, I did like what I saw of him t- uh, this week. I just thought he did some very good stuff. Use, used him on the wing a bit when we pushed Dawson back. He did. Uh, loved the fact that he would do second and third efforts. If it didn't quite work the first time, he's gone straight back in there. Yeah, a couple of times just all that little burst of speed um, that he, he has. There's no doubt he will, he will be a player. Yeah, and as Vardy Magic just said in the chat, he's a good decision maker. But just those couple of little quality things that he did, uh, really happy with that. Um, the other player I'd like to uh, just mention, Chase Jones. Yeah, I think getting, he's had a really good run of consistent um, getting, games. Getting to it's him. a good moment. Getting to him. Not quite there on the run sheet yet. Um, Saligo, yeah. um, definitely. Um, we have nine nine effective disposals, so not a huge game. But uh, what's his time on ground? Let me look at the right column. Um, 81% time on ground. So you might, you're probably right, Mac. He did probably run out of steam in the end. Uh, that's quite a big load for... Uh, a kid in his second game of football, um, particularly Will Hamill only had 67% time on ground. Um, so, yeah, um, something to work on. And he's bulked up. He looks like he's really benefited from the gym. Yeah, he's definitely obviously working in there because he did look like a slightly stronger version of himself when he mm. first presented himself. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Tex... Uh, Oh, it was a funny game from Tex. Uh, couldn't kick, save his life. 
um, sort of in and out of it. A bit of a presence wasn't our worst by any stretch. Um, Chase Jones, as you mentioned, Nicky, uh, 11, 8 and 3. Um, two, two tackles. Uh, let me just get his stuff up here so I can have a look. I want to have a look at his effective disposals, but I want to have a look at his defensive stuff. He had eight defensive half pressure acts. He had, um, overall, he had 14 pressure acts. Um, and he had the five effective disposals and none after about the 10-minute mark of the third quarter. Um so probably got overrun a little bit. Um, had six intercepts. Any score involvements? Only the one. Uh, tackles? Only the two. Had five turnovers, which is probably just the blight on his game at the moment, isn't it? Who? Which player is that one? Chase Jones. Um, yeah, look... It- he, he, I'll say this about Chase. He's, he's really chancing his arm at the moment, um, and most of the time it's coming off. There were and there were a couple of times where it didn't, but uh, I do like the fact that he is playing like a player now who believes that he belongs there. Yep, I'm quite happy with him. Um, far happier with him than Luke Brown, who I think is really struggling with that Achilles. Um, oh, he, he just... had a horrible game. Yeah, well, I, I, again, Mac. I mean, I know he's the experienced guy, but Charlie's actually towed him up the last couple of times that he's played on him, and I would have yeah. started with I would have started with Chase on Charlie. Totally agree. Charlie's got no history with Chase. He's got he's got Brown's measure, um, and I think it was setting Luke Brown up for a fail. I, I think yeah. Brown on uh, who was it McCarthy would have been a far better matchup. Um, so yeah, again, I don't think our coach has got that one right. Um, Darcy Fogarty, how did we see his game? I'll hold fire for a minute. Well, I'll be trading him at the end of the year, mate. how I saw it. Nick, how did it look at the ground to you? There are a couple of tiny little moments where he did what we kind of wanted him to do, but I frustrated the hell out of me and I think the rest of the crowd um, that were there because there were other times it was like, that's when you needed to present Darcy. That was well and truly your chance to to really take a stamp on this because, as you said, Tex was being quiet. He was – you didn't see him for a lot of the game, um, for Tex. He, he wasn't a dominant up the field. And Darcy was the one who was leading. He was, you know, he was playing a bit more up the higher at times. And it was just like, that's where we need you to use your body. We need you to use that now that you supposedly had as a junior. And we, we saw very early on in his career, uh, particularly that game against Richmond. And we haven't seen since. Mac, oh, you've already said you're bit. I agree with uh, Cisco in the chat. He's 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 lazy mentally, in my opinion. Um, he is. 
there was quite a bit of quite a bit of backing for him on Big Footy after the game, and I couldn't really understand it um, because the thing that the thing that you don't get from Darcy is uh, taking the front uh, position. Uh, rarely, unless he's got a clear lead, uh, you will rarely see him take front position and marking contest. The amount of times I actually thought it, saw him third in line at a marking contest uh, and one of our blokes was going up who actually shouldn't have been the bloke that went up but had to be the guy that went up because Darcy just wasn't there. And the same could be said for Himmelberg as well. They're both exactly the same in that regard. They do not fight hard enough for a front position. Um, and when the ball's not coming in great, you can make up for a lot of that by being in front position. Who's the best at that? Yeah. Richmond. Richmond are the best at that. You'll never see a Richmond forward get caught behind. They are always in front because they're ready for the chaos ball. When you've got a daylight or night like we had on Saturday night where it's not coming in cleanly, you need to be in front of your bloody opponent. And he too often he wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, 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 I have him. literally thrown the towel in on him. I, I would, I would definitely trade him. We might pick up a second rounder for him with a bit of luck, because people can see he might have potential and all that sort of crap. Uh, but it's just, it's just agony watching him play every week. Yep, and I think he feels it. I don't think Darcy Fogarty actually think he thinks he belongs there anymore. You can read it on his face. You can read it on his body language. He's not pl- like. I can't see a path forward, and I hate to say this again because he's a lovely bloke. He's very laid back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, and I like, don't like to can blokes, but I can't see a path forward where Darcy Fogarty becomes a fifty-goal a year, hundred and fifty-game player. I just can't. I can't see it. Won't happen. Anyway, uh, Nick Murray, I'm a bit of a fan. You know that I've got a spot, soft spot for Nick, and I thought he did well defensively uh, without much cover. Uh, you'll never die wondering with Nick in the air. He might kill three people, but he'll kill the ball as well. Um, not a lot of polish about him. Generally, two of those will be his own teammates. Well, you know, it's their problem for getting in the bloody way, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Precisely. I, I'm with you. I love him as a defender. He's a, he is the toughest player in the side, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, he's a crazy man. But uh, that's the sort of bloke you want down back. You want a bloke that'll just throw himself in a contest. And uh, I was disappointed when he was out of the team, and I know he hasn't been playing that well in the SANFL, but he's always going to give you effort. And in the air, he's always going to give you a contest. Um, he might get outpointed by a smart forward every now and again, um, and he might uh, turn the ball over when he bites off more than he can chew. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he's. Uh, uh, someone says it's a good competition between Nick and Billy for the second KPD. I don't think it's a competition at all. I think Nick wins that hands down, and Billy will have to Agreed. find something else to do. Uh, Joshua Shelley looks tired, looks a bit disgruntled. Um, I, you know, losing oh, they can were have that effect. Him. Yeah, well, losing can have that effect on a kid. Um, you know, and if they're giving him any sort of attention at all, I mean, he's snuck under the radar. I think first few weeks and then teams obviously realise he could play um, and uh, yeah uh, he he. Uh, I don't know whether he needs a spell um, but uh, I think he'd be looking forward to the half time break yeah I think he only had three positions up to half time was it? Uh, let me have Four. a look 
Um, it was. It was saying many. he was he was sucking it up a bit. Not from how I was seeing it at the ground. They were wearing him. He was being played very very closely. Um, as soon as he got anywhere near the ball, he, he was literally being you know held and, and grabbed as such. But he was still trying to be proactive as part of that. I mean, I'm trying to think which was the the goal in the third. No, second. I think it was the second. There was a really good goal that um, we got. There was a smart little tap on from him. There was like Rowie and him and oh, I can't remember who it was, um, the other one. So he's still trying to be actively involved with and he's not getting a lot of possessions. But I agree it might be nice just to give him a little bit of a freshen up and then bring him back in. Yeah, I don't think it would hurt actually for him not to play at all next week. Uh, neither either. Or, or the twos, um, and just let him really freshen up and then, then bring him straight back in. No, I don't think that's necessary, Mac. I, I just think he needs to learn how to stay in the game for longer and he needs to take a leaf out of Sam Berry's book and, and find other ways to impact the contest when he's not getting the ball himself. I think that's probably what you notice so far, that ball in hand is great and he makes things happen. But uh, there's not a lot else at the moment. Um, so he probably just needs to understand how he can impact the contest when he hasn't got the ball in his hand. He had only four well, touches up to half time and then another four after half time. Yeah. It was very, you know, his positions are getting uh, less each week. And uh, yeah. look, Nicky's right. They don't, they don't give him any latitude because they, they know that he's a kid with talent. Yeah. Uh, oh, 100%. 100%. Don't... But it, you can see that it is actually sort of really well, pissing him off. That he, he doesn't look as happy out there as he normally does. Yeah. Uh, Strawny we've talked about, and Luke Pedler, despite not coming on the ground, wasn't our worst. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Pedler? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, now, um, we better just whiz through really quickly our best and fairest votes. Yeah. And Macker, it's probably you first. It is me first, and I'm happy to do it. Um, and then it was, I'm just sort of juggling the number, the, the one pointer. The five pointer I, I gave to Dawson. Um, he didn't have the most possessions, but um, some of the possessions he gets are unreal, and what he does with the ball is outstanding. Uh, four points I gave to Led. I thought he, he was the best of the midfielders. Three, I gave to Hately. I thought he was very effective in his role as a as a big-bodied mid. And two, I gave to Rowie. I loved the way he zipped around the place and he created opportunities up forward and uh, around the mid. And uh, at one point, I'm just tossing up between Duday and McAdam, and I reckon I'll give it to Duday because he did his under very difficult circumstances. So one to Duday. We didn't really talk about McAdam. He's uh, been quite a, uh, a good addition since he's come back. Yeah, look, he was a toss-up between him and Duday for that spot. Yeah. Uh, Nick? Adler, well, you've got your way. McHenry. Cause, uh, no, because uh, I've moved somebody up into second. Butts. <laughs> Have you got Butts in there? Harry <laughs> <laughs> Schallberg. <laughs> Just imagine the look you're getting right now. Oh, I know it. I know it. So, 
five votes to Dawson. Geordie, yes. I've swapped these two around now, even right. though he did frustrate me at the ground. Bruce. Laird. Yeah. Three votes to McAdam. Yeah. I thought it was probably one of his best games he's um, played for us. He did um, play certainly for a long time, and, yeah. Yeah, and he he was, you know, and it was not just his goal kicking as well. It's around the ground, the rundown. Um, I thought he was just involved in the game um, a lot more. Yep. I gave two to Haitley. Yep. And one to Rowie. Right. That's that. That's all you get. Um, I gave five to. I gave five to Bruce. Uh, four to um, Dawson. I thought he was excellent. Um, three to Duday because I thought he was pushing shit uphill the whole game and uh, did as best as he could. Two to Hately and one to Gilbert. Sorry, McAdam. McAdam. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know funny story about? Funny story about, I think it was Gilbert McAdam, um, my mate uh, uh, who um, is a mad cricketer. He had to work in Alice Springs for a few years and um, uh, while he was there, he played cricket for one of the Alice Springs team and Gilbert McAdam was playing in the opposition. And McAdam, uh, I think, I, I, Jeff, if you're listening and I get this wrong, sorry, um, uh, Jeff knocked him over for a couple of fours and McAdam was pretty quick, and uh, McAdam went back to his mark and kept walking and left the ground halfway through the game. Just left the ground. <laughs> he'd, had, he'd had enough. He didn't like didn't like being hit hit for boundaries. So halfway through his over, it, like they all thought he was going back to his mark, and he just he just kept walking, kept walking, <laughs> jumped, jumped the fence, and went yeah. home and. And Jeff caught up with him later at I don't know pub somewhere. <laughs> Gilbert said, oh, "I just had enough. Just had enough. So I thought I'd go." <laughs> thankfully, um, thankfully, uh, our McAdam isn't doing that lately. He's staying for the whole game. He's playing quite well, so that's really good. All right, Nikki. Um, before we finish up, I thought I might just throw this in. How about that? How about that? Yes, it's back. back. Nikki's cockwomble. <laughs> oh, Vardy Magic is like 2017 with all this music. <laughs> <laughs> well, because unfortunately I've had quite a busy weekend, which has taken me away from football. So I did kind of ask for um, some assistance in the chat. Yeah. And I, I, I think. We've very much got one, I think, that seems to be fairly outstanding, which is a certain umpire in our game who kept calling, who called, I think it was Juday Talia. Oh, did he? A couple of times. Yep, apparently was caught on the mic, uh, which is why there was confusion as to whose free kick it was, because... The umpire's going Talia, <laughs> and like, the umpires are going who? Seriously, that must have been that blonde, blonde, blonde twenty-two. 
Bad well, number, I, that 22. Yeah, I, I, I want to nominate, nominate him as a cop one. Well, I just <laughs> cannot understand what he was trying to do. <laughs> I'll, leave it, no, I'll leave it at that. No, I'll leave it at that. You don't let us say bad thing. Is that it, Nick? Is we that all you got? That well, that was uh, the the main one. Um, but if you guys have some others, no, I don't have any others. Uh, Scott Morrison for wanting to change his whole personality one week out from the election. <laughs> I know he's going to be a leader now. I don't know. He's going to be so. He's not going to be such a bulldozer now. Apparently. <laughs> Well, he won't be because he probably won't be in office. He didn't realise that what people actually wanted was for him not to be such a dickhead. (laughs) But anyway, any others? I went to all that trouble to dig out the bloody theme song and this is the best you've got to give me? Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be big next week. It's got to be really super. Yeah, come on. Uh, I I will also have a, a weekend of not being able to watch any other football games, so unfortunately I will be relying on you guys a bit. Right. My volunteer work's actually taking me out all weekend. Right. <laughs> starting starting to actually question your your tenure here, Nick. <laughs> we might have to no, make sure. we might have to make it Nicky is the cockwomble rather than Nicky's cockwomble soon. No, I'm a bit more of the num nut. <laughs> And on that note, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube tonight. It's uh, been a spirited chat that's gone well over time as usual. Thanks for Mick and Animal for uh, coming on and giving us your two cents. It was most appreciated. Uh, Maka, thanks for turning up eventually uh, and tearing yourself away from whatever the hell it was you were doing. And I'm really uh, Sunday mail, believe it or not. Oh, and God. Look, no, back in our get a nomination. Sunday mail, you... What the hell are you doing? He's reading the ads. I was not. I, I was actually uh, studying very, all the stats of all the various games. <laughs> Hang on. You actually get the newspaper still. You're one of the nine people that still gets the newspaper. Is that right? No, I, no, I get both. I get both. What do you mean, what do you, mean you get what? both? It's the no. same bloody company. Yeah, I get the digital version and I get the hard copy version. Unbelievable. You know the stats are on afl.com.au for free, don't you? I do know that. All right. Anyway, look, thanks just, to everyone. I, I, filled in time and I filled in too much time. Yeah, you filled in far too much time. Look, uh, thanks also to obviously to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, your support ongoing is amazing. If you do want to support us on Patreon, Go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. In the meantime, Nikki, Macca, you're out. And on Tuesday night, Peter will be in. So until then, everyone, stay safe, be good, and we'll see you then. Yep. Good night, all. Good night, all. <laughs>